Hello, everyone. Today on the podcast, we've got the first episode with not two, but three guests. Everyone did a phenomenal job of not cutting each other off. Really impressed. My guests are all based in Toronto and are all escorts a little bit older than me. They're all mommies and women that have held professional careers in the past. I'm really excited about this episode because I think a lot of the dismissiveness about escorting being a real career is based on it being a lot of younger women doing it. People being escorts is attributed to their naivete and age. Sort of, she's doing this because she doesn't know what else to do. She hasn't grown up and gotten a real job yet. And these women put that shit to bed real quick. Ugh, I love them so much. This was kind of a piece of the validation missing in my life. Like a version of my mom so much into escorting, she is also one. Instead of the real version that may never talk to me again, if when she finds out. The construction man was having a field day outside my apartment, so apologies on the excessively loud background noise at some parts. Without further delay, here's my conversation with Simone Loren, Brandy Rose, and Athena Palace. There's a lot of people who are trying things that they've never tried before. Sex! Why do you think people don't see it as work? I don't know. I think there's just too much stigma. What do you mean we can't just go tell people? The vast uh, complexity of human sexuality. The escort. Deconstructed. Welcome to the podcast, ladies. I'm so excited to have you here today. We've got Simone Loren and Brandy Rose and Athena Palace with us today. Hi. Hello. Hello. <laughs> it's going to be interesting trying to keep everyone separate so you can learn their voices, but I think that we'll get there once they each start talking. Everyone will kind of figure out who's who. So I want each of them to kind of go over their personal story and then we'll get into a group discussion. So I thought we would start with Miss Simone Loren. Um, how long have you been in this industry to date, madame? Um, not to date myself, but um, this year would be about uh, 20 years in the industry. Wow! Yeah, and uh, I am in my late 30s, so I started right right when it was legal to do so. Good for you. <laughs> and so did you start right escorting, or did you start doing something else first? Um, I bartended in strip clubs at a very oh. young age, and... Um, and did a little tiny bit of dancing, but the, the progression was very natural from that point, and it was just something that I took to almost immediately. God, it must have been so different escorting back then. It was, yeah. We we advertised in the newspaper. I mean, I would love to see those ads. She said she doesn't have any, but I oh, I would have loved it. I don't. Uh, so how did you decide to get involved? It's just from getting that bar job at a strip club? Or? Uh, well, that's sort of... Um, I've always been a highly sexual person, um, sensual person, and uh, having that sort of exposure to those types of relationships sort of made me go, hmm, um, that looks like something that I could get into and get on board with. And the progression was very natural for me and very quick from there. I mean, it's pretty amazing that you've kept the same attitude for two decades. A lot though. of people say that. They're like, how are you not jaded? How, how, how do you still love what you do? And it's because I make it that way. I, I set things up in my life so that I'm happy with my work and happy with my life. And the balance is important. And uh, I still absolutely love it. I mean, that, yeah, it speaks to it. The 20 years there. <laughs> Yeah, just make it something that you love. I love that. So did you keep it to yourself initially when you started? Uh, right off the bat, I told two what I thought were very close girlfriends, and uh, their reactions were um, were mixed, and I ended up uh, ceasing friendship with one of those girls. And after that point, yes, it became something that I kept to myself for a very long time. Um, as time has progressed, I've become a little bit more 
open with it um, to certain people in my life. Um, I recently involved my mother in my <laughs> career choice. Um, which oh, recently? Was, uh, yeah, in March. In oh, March. Wow. Um, and, you know, there are a couple other select people in my life who know what I do, and I'm very open with strangers that I meet like at the bar or whatever, I just flat out tell them. Good for you. Um, so yeah, it's uh, something that you, you either grow comfortable with or you don't. And yeah. How did your mom take it? Funny enough, I thought she knew. I thought yeah, she knew years. and she was just waiting for me to say something and she told me she had no idea. But uh, <laughs> That is very impressive. <laughs> but it was met uh, in the best possible way it could have been. She just wanted to know the typical, you know, are you safe? Are you okay? And then... After that, she was like, well, tell me everything. And she's been um, very supportive of it since then. And it's nice that we have this. It's nice to share this large part of my life with her that I felt I kept from her for so long. And we, yeah. we otherwise had a very close relationship. So I'm happy to share it with her now. I mean, you've got 20 years of content. I mean, it's going to be a lot yeah. of late nights. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It's, <laughs> it's ongoing. <laughs> um, uh, oh, are you in a relationship or do you have any kids? If I'm allowed to ask. Um, you are, absolutely. Okay. Um, so I am, yes, I'm a proud mom of two school-aged children um, that I co-parent with their father. Um, relationships can be had and nurtured, you know, being active in this industry. And uh, I will just say that my involvement in this industry was never an issue for contention with um, with their father. And he's a great person. I'm happy to know him and happy to be on this journey with him and uh, our two lovely children. Since you tell people that you meet that you are an escort and you have kids, do you ever have to like justify yourself to people? Um, I'm at a point in my life where I don't really feel I need to justify anything to anyone ever. Um, I do believe that the type of clients that uh, I actively seek out are not put off by somebody who has a history and a life outside of what the perception of this industry is supposed to be. Um, and if they are, well, then maybe they're not the right fit for me. Um, I really think, though, that if you're in your, you know, 30s or 40s or 50s and no one's ever wanted to have kids with you or marry you, you're <laughs> kind of like against the odds there. I mean, the odds are you will have had a relationship or children at some point. Well, it's it's becoming more and more apparent the more people I meet that um, there is this huge um, idea that we are just we are just these sexual beings and all we do is work and we escort and then we go home and read books to ourselves and take lavish bubble baths and yeah okay that happens sometimes but guess what we're actually whole human beings with lives um, and this is this is either work to facilitate those lives or something that we love and cherish but there's more facets to every person than just what you do absolutely in, in any career choice couldn't agree more and I can't wait to get more in, more into that <laughs> Uh, okay, so when you started, this was 20 years ago, did you just right go into showing your face, I guess, in a classified ad? Is it just the text? It was you... just text at okay. the time. I still don't really show my face. Oh, I right. show snippets. Like, here's my eyeball. Do you like it? <laughs> here's my lip. Is it nice? You and that's, that's more like about your kids. Than and, anything um, else? At this point in my life, yes, it is. I would love to be part of that that fierce movement um, of, you know, take me as I am. But um, unfortunately, when you do have children, you need to also be cognizant of the fact that they could um, at some point pay the price for your choices. 
And, um, you know, if it comes to that one day, I'll tackle that. But I'm trying to, um, you know, alleviate that stress from my life. So I show enough to show like, hey, this is what I look like. Yes, I'm gorgeous. But no, you don't need to see the whole thing. And I like the mystery. I like the mystery. mystery. Do you have a preferred verbiage for escorting? I don't really. After 20 years, you've been called at all? Yeah, exactly. Just as long as you call me. I don't care what you call me. No, but... um, you know, when I'm discussing it with peers, I, whatever they say is fine with me. Um, you know, when discussing with with strangers or, or random people, the, the only term I don't really love is, is prostitute. Mm-hmm. Because that sort of conveys this, I don't know, this... It sounds like illegitimacy. Like, yeah, it, it does. It sounds like somebody's making me do this, and mm-hmm. that's that's the furthest thing from the truth. So, agreed. Mm-hmm. You, but today in 2019, you don't have a preferred word. I think I do like companion better for some reason. Companion right now. is nice. Um, I, 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 I've always said, um, like I like the old terms like concubine and stuff like ah. that. I'll call myself <laughs> that all the time, a carnal concubine. Um, but when when I'm when I'm talking candidly with my friends, I call myself a career whore because that's what I am. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I love the whore and whore. Yep. Um, oh, the last intro question is, do you want to help debunk the myth that all escorts have traumatic past? Oh, people. Um, <laughs> sure. Um, I do not have a traumatic past. Did you have a nice, happy childhood? I did. I have many fond memories of growing up in a home with two loving parents and siblings. And, you know, my parents were, I would say, <clears throat> lower middle class Um my dad worked very hard to provide for us, and so there's a there's a work ethic that's learned from that. Um, my mom was a stay-at-home mom for almost my entire childhood, so there's a lot of nurturing there. Um, we're a very tight family still to this day. Um, there's there's even nothing. tighter now that you told <laughs> even your mom. tighter now that she knows. Yeah, this is just like if it's taught me anything, it's that like you are who you are. It doesn't, you know, my choices don't reflect um, or, or are not a direct result of some terrible thing happening to me. I find my choices empowering, and if anything, they're a reflection of the wonderful opportunities that I was given and the the freedom to be what I want to be and not worry about judgment. Most definitely, I would agree that. Honestly, every occupation has people with good and bad childhoods. It's not really dependent on their other choices in life. I agree. Really. And again, this is just speaking from my own personal experience, but that that is not my experience. Well, thank you very much. You're very welcome. I will switch over to the next beautiful lady. Brandy Rose, how are you doing today? I'm well, thanks. How are you? I'm fabulous. Thank you for coming. <laughs> uh, so how long have you been in this industry to date? Uh, I've been doing this for about six and a half years now. Okay, we're almost having the same anniversary. Oh, been perfect. just a little <laughs> bit longer than me. How did you uh, find out about this industry and decide to get involved? Well, when I first uh, met my husband, um, I had told him that this is something I would eventually be doing. That's amazing. Yes. How long ago was that? About 16 years ago. So I told him what I wanted to do eventually, and I think he sort of just thought, yeah, sure. And then um, I was a teacher for 15 years, and I decided to stop doing that profession. And about six months later, I started researching online and found um, a female-run agency and applied for that, went through the interview process, which was very long and intense, actually, at the time, yeah, and started that, and I did that for about six months. I'm sorry, I want to know more about this rigorous interview process. So I had a 45-minute phone interview okay. with the woman. She asked me tons of questions, and then I had to meet her at a Tim Hortons uh, on the highway, and we had about an hour interview in person. 
So it was it was quite rigorous, actually. Well, that's good, though. I mean, she prides it. Do you want to shout it out for being a good agency? Uh, bonbons. Okay. Do they still exist? No, they don't. All right. Well, when the law job. changed, they closed down. So. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, that must be tricky. Yeah. So uh, when you started doing this, apart from your husband, did you keep it to yourself? Or did you tell any friends? I told a couple of friends. Um, but for the most part, I'm keeping it to myself. Um, I am like Simone, though, whenever I see somebody brand new, I tell them exactly what I'm doing because I don't want to start any new relationships based on lies. And if I want to be their friend, I don't want to be their friend if they're going to judge me. So, I mean, yeah, who's got the time for that? Seriously, no. And there's such a great community of women here. That there you really can just is. make friends with us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, you are in a relationship. You have a husband. Mm-hmm. And do you have any kids? I have one son, yes. And uh, has anyone ever given you shit for being an escort? <laughs> I'm uh, having kids. Uh, no one so far. Hopefully we'll keep it that wow. way. Yeah. See, I got an email from someone that works in the court systems, and I think that women often get labeled as inappropriate mothers right. if they are doing this uh, while they have kids, and I think that's inappropriate. I think that is definitely inappropriate. As a base judgment. Right. right. Obviously, more can be going on there, but I'm just trying to debunk that. <laughs> So uh, do you show your face or do you hide no, it? No, I hide my face, yeah. I'm, I show my lips or my eyes, but not the whole thing all at once. And what was your main uh, reasoning behind wanting to keep it hidden? It's mostly for my family and my son and, um, yeah, just to make sure that he is protected. And <laughs> I mean, those are very good reasons. Uh, does it kill you a little bit, though? Are you kind of like itching? I hate it. Yeah. I hate it. And I find every picture that I take shows a little bit more. A I little know. Bit more. You just want you so bad. I do. I do. I'm, I was telling Ella about this and the stigma one that if one day people all just did the hashtag, I'm a sex worker, I have been a sex worker of some kind one day, I feel like one out of five women would be on the same bus. But I don't think anyone would ever do it. Wouldn't that be great, though? You would be amazing. Maybe one day. Uh, do you have a preferred verbiage for escorting? Um, I like the term sex worker in general, but as soon as I know someone and, I, and they're asking questions, I, I really prefer the term companion because that's what I feel like I'm really doing is spending time with men as their companion and sort of being their therapist and things like that. So, totally. Yeah, so I like the word companion. None of the words to you are derogatory I don't like the word prostitute okay. as well. That yeah. one comes up again and again. We all don't like prostitutes. Don't, like don't call us prostitutes. Yeah. It sounds legal. It does. It, sounds like. it does, yeah. Um, and did you want to help debunk the myth that all escorts have traumatic childhoods? Sure. I also had a very happy childhood and was raised by two loving parents. And I really just was a very sexual being from the beginning and just... From when I was 12 years old, I knew that I wanted to do this. I saw a movie with a, at the time, called A Prostitute. And when I was about 12, and I just knew that that's what I wanted to do and would eventually do it. I am looking this up and watching it later. (laughs) Um, So does, do your, like, do you have sisters or are your parents still uh, with us? Do they know? Yep. No, they don't know at all. I I have a brother and... He definitely does not know. <laughs> Sometimes it's better for their health or Absolutely. what they can handle. To what they can handle. Not put that burden on them. That's right. It's also that they will probably lie to their friends. And so you're kind of putting that onus on them to keep lying on your behalf. That's that's true. Yeah. Yeah. That's what kept me from telling my sister for a very long time. 
That makes sense. Uh, thank you very much You're for welcome. sharing. Thank you. And now we're going to our third lady, Miss Athena Palace. Hello, Sienna. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks. Okay, good. Uh, I love that you came today. Oh, I can't believe I found you. <laughs> um, how long have you been in this industry to date? Less than a year. That's amazing to me that I've got the 20 year experience and then the same year experience. But I think I might be the oldest gal on the panel. (laughs) (laughs) Different assets. Indeed. Uh, So how did you decide to get involved in this industry or find out about it? So I, about four years ago, opened my relationship. So I am married very happily to someone I've been married to for 22 years and that's uh, that's (laughs) it's a super awesome situation and uh in opening our relationship after 19 years of monogamy my whole life kind of exploded open in all kinds of really amazing new ways um and you know he and I both had opportunities to explore our sexuality more deeply um to uh engage in things sexual we hadn't engaged in before. And I made a lot of discoveries in that time. And I discovered that I was far more of a sexual being than I ever had any idea. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I discovered that I had a really voracious appetite <laughs> and capacity for all kinds of sex. Um, and I also discovered I was really, really fucking good at it. And, um, and another discovery was I loved bringing people first-time experiences Um, and I was having all of these experiences and in some of them I would come home and I would say, you know, I really rocked that person's world. It was kind of for me. And I thought, wow, what if I was paid to do this? That would make all the difference in the world to the mediocre experiences. (laughs) Um, and I became really interested in sex education and different forms of, of therapies and different modalities that involve sexual healing and um, transformation through sex. So it just kind of started percolating this idea that there was some place I was going related to sex. Um, and initially, I thought it would be some form of sex education, something I could hang a more public shingle around. Um, and I still feel like that's a piece of where I'm going. Um, but the decision as I left my very long time career, so I've had, I've had my own business, I've worked in sales and marketing, um, I've worked in the arts, I've worked in the nonprofit. So I have all kinds of experience to bring to this profession, um, which gives me a great deal of confidence. But at the same time, it's quite new. And as I destabilized my income and left my job, which I did earlier this year, you know, and I said to my husband, I can't think of a better way to start feeling out, am I really cut out for this? Can I really make a difference for people and actually make money right away instead of investing in a big education? I said, what if I tried sex work? I feel like I could totally kill it at this. And this way, the income gap would be less after giving up my job. I said, how do you feel about us trying this experiment? And he's like, I'm with you. Let's feel our way through it. So here we are. Here we are. Uh, Did it feel scary or does sex work still or did it ever feel like a big scary thing to try to enter it as naturally as it came just being in the industry like or does it feel easy peasy? It really feels easy peasy. Oh bravo. Um, And I think a lot of that is what comes with the maturity or refinement that we bring from our experiences. You know I have a great deal of uh, trust in my own ability to assess people. 
uh, to be with people, to communicate, to to offer the service, and also to market. And I have to say, like one thing, and a huge advantage for me coming into this industry right now, as opposed to even when Brandy started or when Simone started, is it is really easy to get going right now. Mm-hmm. You can list yourself quickly with some great photos, and people start calling. And it, I. It must be a lot easier than it was when it was the back pages of the newspaper. Yes, the potential is there. Use it uh, to the best of your ability. That is a tricky bit. Uh, Did you keep this to yourself initially, apart from telling your husband when you started this year? Uh, So this is is interesting, and this is an ongoing struggle for me because I'm someone who has always really lived out loud. I'm a community leader. I'm a community builder. And it's unusual for me to not be sharing everything that's going on in my life. And uh, so I've, I left my job quietly to just not invite a lot of inquiries about what this very busy, active community leader is doing next. Um, so I've had to kind of go into a mode of being far more private than I ever have in my life. And, uh, and I found that really difficult, which is why I said, OK, well, why don't I just take my community building and just open it up to creating community in this, in this community. So so I just started contacting people. I mean, Brandy Rose and I got acquainted because I messaged her and said, hey, girl. Bravo. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, that part has been super challenging for me. And I can see how profoundly isolating it could be for people who don't have the courage or confidence to reach out. Yeah, it's not really fair because we do so much uh, emotional work to not have that support system. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any kids? You have a husband. I do. I have two teenage boys. Oh, wow. What a yeah. super mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and have you ever had to justify yourself to people? I guess you haven't really told anyone. Do you it, think they would look down on you as a mom? I think there is no single they with any one single opinion. So... You know, my world is very varied. There are people with the capacity to be very open-minded, and there are others who can surprise you and others who you would never even dream of placing that confidence in. So right now, I consider myself still in a transition space where I'm trying to find out what is my comfort level, and I go through every, every bit of it with my husband to make sure that we are on the same page about what we're comfortable about. Ultimately, the safety of our children and our children's comfort in this very vulnerable teenage space is um, is paramount and is the first concern. Um, but I have certainly shared selectively. Um, but it is always challenging because even if people are open-minded about it, often then there's a lot of emotional labor in answering all of their questions and all of their curiosity and giving them thrills <laughs> with all of your stories. So you just like, this is what the podcast is for. Anyone that wants to shirk off the responsibility but wants them to get information, it's kind of like, just, just go listen to all that. Yeah. Uh, so do you hide your face or do you show it? I do hide my face, okay. you know, for the same reasons that the other same gal reasons. said. And, and, you know, it really is primarily about the kids. I would have no issue here in the city of Toronto with sharing my face otherwise. But uh, no, not now. And have you uh, decided what your preferred verbiage is for escorting yet? There is no one. I do love companion. It, it's the softest, gentlest of them all. Yeah, definitely. Um, and it's funny, it's both Brandy and Simone said they dislike prostitute. I enjoy using it myself, but I think it's in that same way 
that, you know, that gay men can call themselves fags. <laughs> you know, I kind of love to use it myself, but I'm not sure I would want anyone else to use it. Yeah, I completely get that. Uh, would you like to help debunk the myth that all escorts have traumatic childhoods? Uh, I can certainly add to that being not necessarily the case. Um, you know, I don't think everything about my childhood was fabulous, but it certainly has nothing to do with where I am now. You know, I was fortunate to not have any sexual trauma in my life, any kind of abuse, any kind of, you know, serious neglect. Um, I think the most relevant thing that happened in my childhood was that on the uh, banister rail of the farmhouse on the East Coast, I discovered orgasms. (laughs) That is, that sounds like a movie. (laughs) (laughs) So I discovered pleasure early in life. But that was something I definitely kept to myself. <laughs> it was a back massager for me. <laughs> Ladies? Shower faucet. <laughs> Same. <laughs> well, oh, if you ever find though. yourself sliding down a banister, try pulling yourself up. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> That's a good point. All right. Now we can get into the group discussion. So you've all said that you have children. Um, and that some of you are married. Have clients kind of tended to relate better with you over these points, or do they not like to hear it that you're married? What have you kind of experienced? I can, I'd love to jump in yeah. on that one. So you will see my gold wedding band all over my photos, and um, it's completely a part of me. I see no reason to ever take my ring off. If someone asks me, I will tell them that I'm married. And... From time to time, I've had people respond and go, hmm, not sure how I th- feel about that. Um, but I'm not sure it's very often actually a deal breaker. It's just something to think about. And then when they think about it, they often go, oh, actually, that's pretty hot. And so it kind of comes into their their fantasy that, you know, they're fucking someone else's wife or whatever. <laughs> so there is that piece. Um, but I've just decided that you know, it is such a big part of who I am and whether it contributes to the brand as a MILF or whatever, it's just authentically who I am and a piece that comes with it. And, you know, my husband doesn't come on my dates and we don't have to talk about Weird. him. <laughs> um, but, you know, who do you think takes those hot photos? Right. Totally. And uh, I mean, they probably have kids and are married too. So that's where I think that must actually be a good bonding point. But might ruin the fantasy i gotta ask I don't absolutely know. um in my experience um a lot of my clients also have children so they enjoy talking about their kids and you know how well they're excelling in sports and academically and and i can sort of relate to some of the issues that they're going through and participate actively in that sort of discussion and i do feel that it can be um a bonding point for a lot of people Um, I'm sure for some it ruins the fantasy, but, um, you know, again, just we're we're whole people. Um, If you don't want to know that I have kids, don't ask me. I won't volunteer it. You can't tell by looking at me. Don't ask if you don't want to hear the answer. That's how I feel about it. Right. Um, I feel the same way, actually. But I, I find that I end up telling pretty much all of my clients that I'm married and that I have a child and for my experience, it seems like it it makes it more of a closer experience with that client. And as you said, they often have a wife and children as well. 
So it's something that we can talk about together. But I, yeah. The reality is I think that a lot of people hide like their relationships or their kids. And I think if uh, you're honest about like having kids, then they can tell you're being authentic. And you're right. It does make like a closer bond for both of you. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming from what I'm hearing. But I'm curious, do you think, Sienna, that there is a double standard because of our age? Do you think that because totally. we are I between think if I had like three 50, kids, it would not go over well. Yeah, I, I, I kind of feel like maybe there's an expectation that those younger providers are, um, you know, <laughs> unfettered <laughs> and all for them. I think if I did have a kid, I'd get the sympathy vote more than anything. And it wouldn't be like a respectable thing. It'd be like, oh, do you need me to help you with this then, baby? I'm assuming. I think that's right, too. Mm -hmm. I have two teenagers. I could use some help. (laughs) Are you volunteering? Sure, come on over. I will let you babysit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, this one's a little... When I wrote these questions, I really wanted to ask things I think that people would want to hear. And I really don't want it to come off as offensive. So please forgive me. Uh, Do you think your involvement in this industry has allowed you to kind of give your kids more privileges than they would have otherwise, like, had... Absolutely. The main one being uh, time. My time. And uh, you guys, your kids are uh, a little bit older at this stage, but mine are still quite young. And um, the ability to, you know, have a an excellent income, an excellent source of income, while still never missing a PTA meeting or a school trip or a concert or a dance class, or whatever else, uh, to be there to take them to school in the morning, to be there to pick them up, to tuck them into bed every night, is fucking priceless. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't trade it for the world. There is no other um, career choice, in my opinion, um, that I'm trained for, or have the desire to train for, that can afford me um, the stability that I have, and the ability to be there my presence with those kids, um, you know, to be able to do most of my work, not the admin side of it, which is a whole nother story, but the actual work, um, when they are either at school or after they go to bed at night is it's a luxury. And I'm, I'm so happy to be able to give that to them. You're very fortunate that you work and live in the same city, I guess. Um, for me, it's unfortunately the opposite because I live in, Um, I live about an hour and a half to two hours away from the city, so I'm traveling in and out, and I can make my schedule so that I can spend the most time with my son as possible, but I'm spending a lot of time driving, and I'm traveling, so it makes it a little bit more difficult. Um, The only thing I would say that is a privilege is the financial aspect of it. Um, But as I said, I was a teacher before, so it hasn't really changed anything in that way. Um, but the time is the only part for me that is a difficulty. And I'm just still finding my feet financially (laughs) and establishing a clientele and investing into this business. Um, so, you know, I'm not, I'm not seeing the, I'm seeing the potential of the financial rewards, but I'm not truly experiencing them yet in a way that my kids would be aware of. Um, but it has certainly afforded me in the last few months you know, with one kid having a crisis, being able to be more present, you know, and, and I aspire to the situation that Simone talks about with all the years behind her that I really do want to be more more present and available um, and also 
live a better standard of living than I did in my full career in the nonprofit industry. Um, do you think there are any downsides uh, to your involvement in this industry in relation to your family at all? The isolation. That affects your family somehow? Um, with my immediate nuclear family, like right now, with my children, there is, I'm, I'm in this, because, just because of the age that they're at, um, and this being a sudden and new change, it's uh, a challenging one for us to navigate and, and communicate with them, because they're old enough to have some information, but there's also a certain amount of information teenagers don't want as well, and trying to kind of navigate something that allows me to feel fully self-expressed and, and honest enough with them, while also respecting what what they do and don't need to carry, you know? So, so this is really, this is a day-to-day strict challenge for me. Not for me. At this time, it, no it only has benefits uh, in my mind. Yeah, I agree, actually. A lot of benefits. Apart from the this, time thing. Apart from the time, which I already mentioned, yeah. I think it's great, and I'm a happier person when I'm doing this, and I can bring that home. And because of that, I think my son in the end will be happier and and so I think that's definitely a benefit. So, uh does your does your son know? No. Okay. No. What's your employment cover story? Well, I'm I'm doing my master's degree in counseling psychology right now. Oh, cool. So, I tell everyone I'm in Toronto for school and that I have lots of meetings and classes and things like that. So, that's my cover story at the moment. It's not bad. It's a good one, I think. <laughs> uh, do you have a cover story for the moment? Yeah, right now, um, you know, I I am pursuing and researching all different, some different forms of sex education and therapy. So I just talk about some of the investigations I'm making into that. Uh, my kids are aware of that. Um, you know, and I also simply, when I run into neighbors and people who are inquiring, it's like, I'm in transition. I'm in transition. I'm taking some time to reinvent myself. And I'm fairly vague <laughs> about what that looks like. Um, but I am contemplating actually sharing with, I mean, I have a son who's about to start university. Mm. And just, I've been trying to open up with him that that my world includes sex workers and that I'm doing work with sex workers and just to kind of open this up um, as a thing and kind of ease the way in. And do you have to give a cover story to anyone? I mean, not really. Uh, sometimes I, my, my prior day gig um, offers the cover story of living off of residual income. So if pressed, I can always say that. But um, when I meet somebody new and the first question out of their mouth is, so what do you do? My immediate oh, yeah. response is like, oh, God, how boring. You want to talk about work? Tell me something you're passionate about instead. And they're like, um, oh, okay. <laughs> and then that just kind of shuts down the conversation. I'm going to steal that. It's like, come on. What, what, what kind of question is that? No. It is programming to just go to what I do you do? I think so. I think so. And, and to define ourselves by yeah, what we do instead exactly, of who we are. Exactly. And I try to sort of deflect that at every opportunity. Um, my kids think I'm a superhero. They just know that. Mommy sometimes goes out after they go to sleep to save the world. And they're right. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> I guess I have this on here, but you've already disclosed that you used to be a teacher. Uh, do you want to just tell anyone if you had a professional career? I think another assumption is that we do this out of desperation. Yeah, no, I've had I've had two. Um, one in finance and, and then a natural progression into real estate. And uh, both were fun and rewarding, but like... They got boring really fast and um, 
just the the lack of control that you have over your your time um, was a big factor for me, especially you know when the children were even younger um, to be in real estate and being called out at all hours of the day and night and having to drop everything and go just wasn't suited to my life at that point and so I wasn't too sorry to hang that up or put it on the back burner and I could always return to it if I wanted to but right now I'm content um I have this question on here do you feel the need to justify your involvement in this industry um, just because of your age, or do you think the stigma is any different for escorts based on age? Justify to whom, though? Well, other providers. Like, Do you think there's a bias with other providers, too? Like, no one wants to hire someone if you're over 25, like, whatever it is. If that's how they're thinking, then they have a quite an awakening. Okay, so maybe not other <laughs> providers, maybe just society in general. Like, when they picture an escort, they don't picture a woman over like 30 i don't know there's so many of us i know out there. Yeah, at least i know this um, i don't know what to say about that one growing up i always thought of of sex workers as being in their 30s really mature confident women who had no fear and i feel like that's what i think all three of us that's are. a good point and think about in terms of when you you know hit your sexual peak right um it's not until sort of those years where you really start to get this level of comfort with yourself and what you're capable of. And to be able to maximize on that is a beautiful thing. So you don't think there's a peak age to escort? I haven't found it yet. I mean, I would agree. <laughs> Every year I'm like, this is my peak year. This is the best. And then the next year is better. So I'm a firm believer that you still feel the same despite your age. Yeah. But I say that in my 20s. So. Yeah. No, it's true. And, and if anything, it's just it brings along a little bit more confidence and, and assuredness that you can sort of apply to the work, which I think comes through. And the fact that I've been able to hang a shingle at my age and my phone won't stop ringing, even when I'm sick in bed for three days, <laughs> um, you know, to me says what I have is is needed in the market. And... I see no reason. Yeah, yeah, I, I see no expiration date. And I will say that one of the most profound experiences I had, because I did a great deal of research before I started this, and kind of as I was starting, and uh, there's a TED Talk by Valerie Scott, who is kind of a legendary Toronto sex worker who's well into her 60s now and has done a great deal of legal advocacy. And I called her up after watching her amazing TED Talk and had lunch with her and was just humbled by just the the beauty and power and complete intellect of this woman and I'm like there's there's no expiry date (laughs) I think we all kind of tend to live in a bubble of, of what directly affects us and doesn't affect us and while there are many people out there that you know when they think about calling a companion um they want the young 20 something on their arm they want to show that off they want to say oh look look what I have um there are the same number of people that want the opposite of that they want somebody that they can relate to and conversate with on a level that's more than just wow look how hot she is and like everybody in this room is hot like your hotness doesn't just stop when you hit 35 or 40 or 45 it just changes right and and the the experience that you have comes through and makes you more attractive. So to say that, oh, when people think of hiring a companion, they just want the young, you know, 
typical whatever society tells you that it's supposed to be like. We're all making livings over here, so that's not the case, right? Um, it depends on the person and what their needs are, I guess, and, and uh, the variety of, of clients out there. It, it just There's something for everybody. Who would you say the typical client is for you or what the unique market is that you're catering to? Most of my clients are, I would say, in their 50s or 60s. The majority of them are married in happy marriages, but they're just not having a lot of sex with their wives anymore. Right. And they're looking for that and they're looking for someone to talk to and relate to on a different level or a level they maybe used to relate to their wife on that they don't so much anymore. And seeing an escort kind of helps them, honestly, in their marriage a little bit. I feel like we definitely help. We are marriage counselors in that way. Takes the pressure away from watching everything from your wife. That's right. I think, I mean, I'm newer, so I'm still kind of needing to take in all opportunities. So I'm throwing myself kind of broadly into things. So I have a broader range and so absolutely those guys in their 50s or 60s same deal as what brandy said i also get a lot of kind of 28 to 38 year olds who who are looking who 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 adore mature women who have who are drawn to mature women there could be all kinds of reasons but these are generally not that sort of typical milf cougar fantasy but actually just appreciating and and desiring the experience um that was going to be my next question do you have an age minimum for clients at all i have posted a 25 um because i have a son who's nearing 20 i have discovered that i'm sometimes in recreational spaces if i go to a sex club or something certain young men are just a no for me. It just does not feel okay. And just always a no. And, um, and so, but at the same time, there I have had 25-year-old clients I was perfectly comfortable with. So I kind of, I post that age, but as you know, nobody reads anything really. So I kind of have to decide in the, converse, in the intake conversations how I feel about it. I, I state a preference for um, mature gentlemen um, because that is what I personally enjoy the most. Uh, with that said, though, uh, just like you mentioned here, uh, if the initial contact comes through and is from somebody who's, you know, mid-20s or late-20s and it seems respectful and, um, and exploratory and, and something that I think could be a good fit, then I wouldn't be averse to it. Um, it's just not the market that I target. I My say. situation is basically the yeah. same. Yeah. There is, um, I had a situation recently that, you know, I said, I love to give people first experiences and there's a part of me that's really drawn to education, which I think a lot of us are doing anyway. Um, but I had a client, le- rec- client recently that was so rewarding for me because he was 28 and he, and he said, I have an arranged marriage at the end of the year. My first night in bed with my wife will be our wedding night. And, uh, you know, besides that he was coming to me for sexual release, he also said, will you show me the secrets of how 
to please oh, a woman. Lovely. That happens a lot, and, actually. Um, <laughs> and that was wonderful. It was it was such a lovely session because, you know, first I kind of took care of his immediate needs, and then I'm, um, I said, how about I sit back? I'm gonna I'm gonna show you some things. <laughs> and I pulled out my magic wand, and I said, first you're gonna buy one of these for your wife, and you're gonna tell her. She can use it whenever she wants. That this can, Love you that. know, you can have a sexy, open relationship where things are possible right from the beginning. And uh, and I just, from my age to his age, you know, with twenty years between us, I just felt so confident in the things I had to share with him, and it felt so fulfilling. You made the world a better place for sure. <laughs> Hopefully, she has an awesome marriage. That's <laughs> Uh, yeah, I've never tried the uh, minimum age thing, but I know even a lot of girls my age have mm-hmm. age minimum for clients. So how long would you say that you've, I guess this one is not for you, Athena. How long have you held the longest clients? Because you've been in the industry for so long, like what's your longest regular been? Because I think all relationships have like an expiry date, just by how much you like them for whatever personal reasons. Uh, yeah, what's your longest regular been or longest... I saw a client when I started at Bonbons in my second week there, and I've been seeing him ever since, a couple times a week. Wow, so it's, so it's been the whole turn. Yeah, and he's a lovely, lovely gentleman, and I consider ourselves friends and and client friends, and it's it's lovely. After six years, of yeah. course you're friends. It's wonderful. Um, if you say twenty years, I'm gonna die. No, he he knows who he is, but it's closer to fifteen. Um, 15 years, um, uh, and it ebbs and flows. There were times where we saw each other once a week, and there are times where we go a few months, um, but uh, he's a constant. Um, and, uh, you know, the next one below that would be 10 years. And again, it's, um, it's cultivating relationships with the right people and, uh, you know, you're right, a lot of them do kind of come to a natural end where it's like, well, we've explored all we can explore. So happy trails. Um, but oh, I'm, I'm grateful for the, the ones that stick around and continue to build. It's a beautiful thing. In a way, it's kind of the point of seeing an escort is to just try out a new flavor of woman, I suppose. That's one way to look at it. And, and then others just want somebody that they enjoy who can read them well and um it's a different type of relationship um the one that i have had for 15 years is married and so he's not really uh it was an arranged marriage as well and uh so he just wants that little freedom on the side for him it's not about variety for a lot of people it is and like that's the beauty of the industry you can you can do what you want, um, but that's not the only type of client out there, the one that wants to see every single girl. There's lots of, uh, lots of gray area in between, like, the person who just wants to see one person forever and the person who wants to see everybody. Absolutely, yeah. there is. Would you say it's an average lifespan of a client, or is it mostly people that you see again for a few times, or is it mostly people you see on one-offs trying to test the... No. <clears throat> I don't get a lot of one-ups. No? They yeah. all become regulars. Mm-hmm. I guess yeah. I, yeah, over time. I, I've only worked in Toronto for like just over a year now. So, but I guess uh, some lots of them are traveling, I guess. And so you'd see them like once a year. When they, one, when they come to year. town. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, have you ever tried arrangement websites or had arrangements, ladies? 
That's not actually me. how I started. Well, you're starting in 2018, 2019. So of course, please yeah. tell me. So, so when I decided I wanted to get started in sex work, I only at that point knew one person who <laughs> I was aware had ever done it. Uh, now, as I disclose randomly, I discover many women have done it at some point mm-hmm. in their life. It's kind of like saying I had an abortion. And then suddenly you find out everyone has that one. I like that episode of Sex and the City. So, <laughs> but, um, so, so I called up the one person who I knew had, had done some sex work and we had a very long conversation. She was in her 40s. She had two teenage boys. There were a lot of parallels in sort of who we were and why we were approaching the work. And she had, she had used, she had done it for a few years. She loved it. She told me she had used. And um, so, I, so I decided... I'll try this. This sounds like a good way in. And so I did this for a few months and very quickly discovered it was completely for the birds. Um, I'm sorry. I guess I, what? <laughs> that expression. Stop. <laughs> I don't know. So, a waste of time. A okay. giant waste of time. <laughs> oh, that's adorable. Um, so, uh, yeah, well, I just, it was such, there was so much time and effort spent on cultivating relationships when there was this whole artifice about what was behind this. So, you know, a lot of the clients kind of come or the men came looking for a broad range of things. And some of them perhaps really actually were just looking for a girlfriend to date. And some of them were looking to pay someone for sex, but there was so much pretense about what it wasn't. And all of this, like, let's get together for a meal. And of course you're not paid for this time. And then, and then all this dickering about money, and the money was already going to be, you know, my hourly rate now for a whole evening. But you're not allowed to say that. <laughs> yeah, and it was just, it was just for. And the other thing is that I couldn't, I couldn't really ask for verification information, for screening information, because in that context, they would have every right to ask it of me. Yeah. And I wasn't, I wasn't comfortable with that, and I felt like in terms of my safety, there were all these things I couldn't do, and I'm just like, this is just bullshit why don't I just be an escort and advertise as an escort and just get rid of all that in-between silliness so so I'm thankful for how it gave me an opportunity to practice and learn and have all these extra conversations and and get a sense of what I how I didn't want to work um so that was a really great start and actually I started with a different name at that time, so it also gave me a chance to kind of take everything I'd learned and rebrand and relaunch. Did you actually end up having an arrangement, or you just went through the process of trying to have one and see what it's like, and then being like, nope, actually not for me? Did uh, you? I was paid for a okay. couple of sexual encounters, but, but... That's what it was, it was a sexual that encounter. Was, I mean, it really, it was like All right. 300 bucks for a roll in the hay in a hotel, mm-hmm. that was mm-hmm. that. Was that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's not as good. No. No, not at all, apparently. Uh, have you ever had an arrangement? No. No? Have, have you had an arrangement that isn't based off a website, but just like mm-hmm. a client you've seen long enough that's like, hey, I want to give you like a monthly amount? Yeah, I've done that a couple of times. Um, and then it fizzles and whatever, because oftentimes I find the expectation on the client's end tends to keep growing and growing and growing. It does. Um, which defeats the purpose of me doing what I do, in my opinion. Um I'm open to it again, but um, currently I do not have an arrangement. Have you ever done a long-term thing too where they pay you a monthly amount? No, never no? have. No. I don't 
really feel comfortable with that. I feel like it takes away a little bit of my freedom mm-hmm. if I were to do that. It doesn't have to be exclusive, though. Some and, and no, it doesn't. But there have been gentlemen who have I've talked about it with, and they want exclusivity, and yeah. I'm not willing to do that because. I like having sex too much. And Why would you culture this entire brand if you wanted to be in another committed relationship exactly. with no outs? Exactly. It's yeah. never going to work out. No. Uh, oh, I, don't, I have this question on here. Uh, are duos with other providers a thing? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah? Yes, and do please. they do they find like other ladies your age or do they want both? Or I'm curious about that. I have had so many duos with so many beautiful wonderful women um of all age ranges from you know early 20s uh up to early 50s and they're all unique people so every duo is different um i don't know i feel like people either people have this criteria for their own personal duo fantasy and i can never quite tell what it is because sometimes you're matched up with like somebody who really is similar to you and you're like, Oh, okay, I get it. He has a type. And then the next day it's somebody who's completely opposite of you. And you're like, okay, I get it. The, you know, the curvy brunette and the tall slim blonde. I get it. I get it. And then the next time it's just like the most random pairing ever. And you're like, okay, I'm on board. Let's see. Let's see how this goes. And I've never had a bad one. Just the dynamic is different. Um, I find that working with women who are closer to my age um, is a little bit more genuine um, and not for lack of anything, but, um, uh, just, you have a little bit more to talk about, a little bit more in common, a little bit easier to slip into, to witty banter. Um, but then at the same time, I've also had duos with girls who were in the early twenties who were clever as shit and hilarious and fun and outgoing. And it's great. It's not, uh, it's not weird or awkward in, in any way for me personally. Um, I will take all the ladies, all of them, bring them to me. It's, it's cool. <laughs> I've only done duos with women in my own age range so far, but lots uh, more on the horizon. I am open to all the beautiful women out there. (laughs) (laughs) And Brandy? I'm the same. I've had duos with all different ages. Um, I have one duo partner who is 25 years, 23 years younger than me. And she's my most common duo partner. And I think a lot of men like it because sort of like two generations in one. It's a cool dynamic. I think that's a fantasy for a lot of people, actually. Can I just also mention, um, I don't know if this is due to um, the age range or whatever, but I also see like a lot of couples and even single women, which I've heard is maybe less frequent for some younger providers. Um, And I always ask them, like, you know, why did you choose me? There's so many options out there. Why did you choose me? And and it always, it's, it's sort of, the same kind of general answer that, well, you know, you're closer to us in age, so it feels more comfortable. Um, you know, you're experienced, so you, you'll know what to do and what not to do. And um, it's, I mean, I, I do love seeing couples. I'm just wondering if it's the same for, for well, maybe not for you because you haven't been around as long, but. Um, I've seen like four couples in the past year and I can see where you're coming from with the idea that they want someone in their similar age if they're older. Because mm-hmm. like if some woman shows up and she's so much younger than you that she can't talk about the same thing as you and then you both just feel old the whole time. Like, and that I think be it's just fun. like a, maybe like a, I don't know, some weird perception of an added threat. Like, oh, she's yeah. <laughs> she's like so much younger than me and so much prettier than me. That's and, why oh you God. always give females 
like the most attention the second you meet the couple. Oh, absolutely. It's all about the woman. All about the woman when oh, it comes to couples. I would like to meet more couples. <laughs> I love being the, Send that energy the, out the, the mature, experienced unicorn is my mm-hmm. favorite thing. <laughs> um, I've experienced that just in my personal life, but I've actually never had a couple as a, as a client so far. Never, ever? No, and I, I would wow. love to. But I've never done it yet. Give her some of that stuff, Simone. Well, I'd have to uh, <laughs> spread her name around a yeah, little exactly. bit there. <laughs> I've, t- I've talked to a number, but I think that the number of couple situations you cultivate versus the number that come through, I think hmm. there's a lot of attrition exactly, because yeah. there's the two pieces to right. fall into place. We are on to the fun questions at the end. Bravo, ladies. What do you uh, dislike and like most about the industry? Since the newbie is here, let's ask her. What do you like and dislike most about the industry thus far? Um, What I like the most, I should say, what I love the most is the opportunity to just feel so fully engaged as me and every part of me. Um, I just feel more self-expressed than I have in any other place in my life. what I find the most challenging is the stigma and the isolation. Well, you're helping combat that right now. So a way to so. tackle that head on. <laughs> mm-hmm. and um, I'd say pretty much the same. Um, I love cultivating relationships and watching them bloom and getting to explore. Um, you learn so much about yourself and other people in this work. Um, the only thing I dislike about it really is is the stigma and the the uh, need to watch what you say when you speak um, in your in the rest of your life. Yeah. I agree. The stigma is something that is very difficult to, to deal with. Um, but yeah, I, I, I love this work. I can't really think of many negative things to it, actually. That's good. I mean, yeah, it mostly is the stigma. Like, if we were mm-hmm. just free to be ourselves, then... Then you know, watch out world. Right. Imagine We'd that. be able to be like, share resources, get out yes. there. But it, the thing about it is it's not like we're going out on the streets and like trying to force people into hiring us or doing anything that disrupts anyone else's life. There's a special platform you can go to if you want to find an escort mm-hmm. and that's it. Like we are in no way bothering anyone else. So it is kind of shocking to me why we wouldn't just allow it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If it would benefit so many people's mental health. Absolutely. Decriminalize. Uh, yes. Decriminalize. Uh, does anyone have a retirement date in mind? No. Nope. Hey, no I just plan. started this career, baby. <laughs> it's not, not like for a year until you find something else? <laughs> no. I think that's what they a lot of men think, is that this is just a stepping stone to something else. But it's actually a career choice for me. I mean, I gave up a very lucrative and a career in teaching to do this and a lot of people thought I was crazy and I have no pension now but I mean it's wonderful it's the best testament I could ever ask for (laughs) (laughs) uh what do you think the biggest misconception is uh about sex workers that maybe just society has that it's desperation work that we're somehow broken Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm broken that's yeah. a good one. I've met a lot of broken people that aren't escorts. Absolutely, mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. Damn straight. Mm-hmm. Honestly, a lot of broken people come and see escorts. <laughs> exactly. But we help them. We help to fix yes. them. Put them That's back right. together. Again. That's right. 
Mm-hmm. I think I said this on one of the other episodes of the podcast. I can't remember where I heard it, but uh, it was like part of a song or something that someone said that all sex workers are going to hell. And then someone is like, no, they're definitely going to heaven for all the good they do here on Earth. Was like, it from Lucifer? Was it from something Lucifer, like the that. TV show? Something like that. That's right, man. We're just doing just doing good. Maybe that we're doing very good work. That was amazing. I'm never going to forget that quote. That's awesome. Despite not knowing where it comes from. <laughs> I should awesome. really look into that. Oh, I love asking people this uh, just because I am a fan of reading. Does anyone want to share their current favorite book or one they always recommend to people? Uh, we're moms. We don't have a lot of time yeah. for reading. Oh, okay. I was just going to say. Well, I read textbooks and journal articles right now. <laughs> yeah, my favorite book is whatever the kids ask me to read to them at bedtime, because if it's not my favorite book, there is hell to pay. <laughs> I have not completed a book since 1991, I think. Yeah, But I'm currently reading... Um, Oh, God, now you're going to have to cut this out because I'm going to forget the name. How, how to Survive in Sex Work? Uh, is it Lola Davina's book? I think so. How to yes. Thrive in Sex Work. That's the one. Thank yeah. you. That's what I'm that attempting to right read over now. There. There's the copy. I started reading it. I'm sorry, Lola. I will get there. <laughs> I got the workbook, too, if that matters. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, no, that's great. I uh, just like to show people we're intellectuals or very good moms. Mm-hmm. Moms don't read is really what needs to come out of this. <laughs> <laughs> and you all passed the secret question. I have lots of books. A whole library so full. So many I just books. look at them sometimes and go, one day. Oh, I was going to start asking people their favorite TV show because it's like the modern day book. Let's be fair. I don't have time for TV. None of that? Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Love baby. it. Love it. <laughs> I, th- I think that there's... I mean, I think the piece that's coming up here is, again, (laughs) this is the mom piece. It's like we generally, or I, I don't have any time for those kind of personal pursuits. I watch it on my my tablet when I clean the house. That's it. (laughs) I watch TV only right before a call. And it's my way of decompressing. Mm -hmm. And I, like, put all of the rest of the world aside so that I can give my full energy to my client so it's all right now it's Shit's creek and i'm watching <laughs> that's a good that. one it's so good it's so funny. and canadian mm-hmm. um so that's that's the way i decompress and i like that. plan for but that's the only time to watch tv athena me. how do you relax then what do you do during the day that's just for you <laughs> i don't <laughs> i'm still wor- i'm new maybe i'll figure this out but oh, no it's okay it, it's already been 40 many years of not so that's you know that self-care oh well, actually here's here's what i'll say that one thing that's happened in this year is that suddenly taking care of my body and my mental health has become a bigger priority because wow this is my tool so there are ways i'm taking care of myself that i never have before and I like to celebrate that. And I think that's amazing that I am focusing on my fitness and I'm really watching what I eat and grooming and, and wardrobe in ways that they were never a priority before. So I love that at this point in my life, I've gotten to make a turn like that. Yes. Escorting will force you to take self care, even if you don't want to. But I think the important piece is I'm still a full-time mother and that takes a lot of time and energy. It's much harder to find a, a balance for self-care because if, if you know if we get run down or overworked we can't just sleep in and no. you know drink a, gl- a bottle of wine and, and just relax all day and read a book you still have you have children to yeah. care for like you stop you're to- describing my last Wednesday I'm <laughs> jealous of you that's yeah, good absolutely. like do it while you can do it because those days are gone for, <laughs> for us right yeah. like you still it's have over. you have responsibilities and so 
your prioritizing of yourself, it's it gets even that much more difficult when you are um, escorting at a mature, you know, industry style, mature age or or not, because you have to balance that with all the other things you have going on in your life that are, you know, your world will fall apart if you don't do them. And somebody else's world will fall apart as well. That's it. Yeah. That's what it is. So it's, uh, yeah, it's very difficult. Do you, do any of you have a biggest companion crush at the moment? And that could just be, you know, based on any criteria, an actual crush, uh, very appreciative of the way someone runs their brand, anything? I got one. Please <laughs> share. So I've never actually met her or spoken with her. Oh, it's a true crush. I am, I am so taken with Flora Meadow out of oh. Ottawa. I know her. She's awesome. <laughs> and, and I just, the first time I saw her photos, I was just absolutely enchanted um, by, by her brand, by who she is, and, and the whole um, Harry escort piece. Like, I hate that, I hate that people... Harry in the title. <laughs> I hate that, that women have to market themselves as Harry. They should... Like this is just natural, full-up woman. I should be. Or I should have to market myself as. Oh, by the way, I'm, you know, bare, because I'm not normal. <laughs> but I just love, love, love. You know, I look. I look at that just beautiful trail of hair up to her navel, and I go, Wow! I've lasered mine. It'll never come back. Do I have regrets about that? But I, I love that she's fully embracing and leveraging all of that and her photos are sumptuous and I drool over them all the time so I love you girl <laughs> shout out Flora hopefully she hears this um, for me it's my duo partner I've sort of had a crush on her since I met her when I finished at the agency I started my own agency for a year and a half and she was one of my first uh, girls that worked for me and she was quite young I had to check her ID <laughs> but um, yeah, now we've just sort of become best of friends, and duos are amazing with her. And yeah, do you want to shout her out? Yeah, her lady Anna X, Anna Extraordinary. Oh, stop! That's yeah. your partner. Yeah. Oh, I love her. Yeah, she's awesome. <laughs> I saw her like a few weeks ago. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I love that she wears dark lipsticks. Don't really love does it. that anymore. It looks I know. Great on her. She bought me some too. So sometimes we go. We always match when we go out. Oh, I love Wear that. the dark lipstick. Yeah. Any shout-outs for you, Simone? Um, so I'm going to go across the border for this one. Um, I don't want to shout-out somebody that I already know because I know and love and respect so many um, right. local women. Um, so my current Twitter crush, and I forgive me if I'm saying her name wrong because I've never really talked to her, is um, Chanel Carvalho. That's so funny. Nia said that too. I just love her, everything about what she posts. Just She looks so put together all the time, and she's stunning and um i don't know it just makes me want to find out more about her like oh what's she doing today and mm-hmm. so i, I kind of like st- I stalk her a little bit on twitter sorry i uh, kind of really sorry. like this like recon work i don't have to do i can just ask you guys who your favorites are <laughs> and I can go creep on um i guess we are all done with the questions for today bravo ladies Yay! is there anything else you kind of want to like leave us parting just not maybe not advice but just like a yeah, whatever, to listeners and other escorts. I don't know, just the world takes all kinds, you know. Um, we're all here just doing our best to stay safe and um, earn a living and spread joy. And um, 
you know, take care of each just, other. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Take yeah. care of each other. Just despite the stigma, like fight against it mm-hmm. and look in the industry, I guess, if you need friends, because we are probably feeling the same way you are. Yeah. There's so many women that there's such a great community here that mm-hmm. are willing to support each other and help each other out. And I think that's great. And if anyone out there needs a mom aged friend to fill a gap in your life, DM me. <laughs> And I want to ask this question too. Is there any special shout outs you want to give to all the other moms out there? Make your money, women. Just do it. Uh, yes. Just do it. <laughs> These three ladies are doing it very well. You and sexy, beautiful moms. Here we go. All right. Well, thank you for being part of this today. Uh, let's go enjoy the rain today, yeah? Oh, thank yeah. you for having thank us. Thank you so much. Thanks, Sienna. Thank you to everyone for listening. I absolutely loved recording this episode. So a big thank you to all my guests, too. I've attached all these ladies' websites and Twitter handles in the show notes. Happy Monday, everyone. And mm, instead of the usual stay here, I send off. Today, I'm really just feeling a solid free the nipple. Uh, I guess that requires staying curious.